0: Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. The story is told of a young boy who was standing before a colorful sidewalk display of freshly picked apples. Hey you, the store owner called out when he saw him are you trying to steal one of my apples? The boy shook his head. No, sir, he said. I'm trying not to. Temptation. We all experience it. But how do we overcome it? Dr. Jennings is here via Skype to share some insights into how Jesus faced and won the victory over temptation as revealed in his confrontations with Satan. We begin in the middle of a desert. Dr. Jennings, the time is yours. Yeah, so what we want to do today on this podcast is look
1: at how Jesus was tempted so that we can not only rejoice in his victory, but that we can identify Satan's tactics yes. and how he approaches us. And what we will discover is that all of Satan's temptations are some way rooted in lies, mm-hmm. but they come at us from different angles, exploiting different vulnerabilities. The first temptation of Jesus in the desert came after Jesus had been fasting for 48 days, and the Bible says that he was hungry. And the devil approached him as an angel of light purporting to come from heaven Mm. and tempted Jesus to turn a stone into bread and prove that he was the son of God. So notice the layers of deceit here. First, he just shows up there as an angel of light purporting to be a friend, someone on God's team, uh, a being interested in Jesus' welfare. This was a lie, not of words per se, but of action and presentation. He was an enemy, not a friend. Mm. How many people today are being deceived because they cannot discern a friend from an enemy because they believe someone who has shown interest in them really cares about them when the other person only really wants to take advantage in some way. So first, a deceit and temptation, presenting himself as an angel of light. Now the devil in his disguise as an angel of light Pretending to be interested in Christ's welfare approaches Christ at a time of actual need. Jesus was hungry. Jesus was in the desert without access to food. And the devil then presents another lie. He tempts Jesus to doubt, to doubt God and doubt himself. Surely the son of God wouldn't be left to suffer and starve alone in the desert. God is love. And a God of love wouldn't leave one of his children to starve to death, would he? Don't let this mischaracterization of your father stand. If you're the son of God, turn this rock into bread and save yourself. Satan tempted Jesus to take matters into his own hands and act in self-interest or selfishly to fix the situation himself and prove who he was to this so-called friend yeah. from God. Yeah. How many of us find ourselves in position of real need and are tempted by people to doubt God? God wouldn't want you to suffer this way. And instead of waiting patiently for God to lead, we listen to the so-called friends and act outside of God's will and try to fix the problem ourselves. So the first temptation is to deceive by pretending to be a friend. Or an agent from God sent to help us, but instead leads us away from trusting God and putting trust in ourselves to fix the problem ourselves. Hmm. That's the first temptation. Second temptation. Jesus is taken by the devil to a high place and shown all of the kingdoms and and power of the world, and, and and the devil offers to give Jesus all this power and wealth from the world if he would simply recognize Satan as the rightful ruler of earth and worship him. Note again the layers of deceit. The devil presents himself as something he's not. This time, instead of an angel of light, he represents himself as the rightful ruler of earth, who has authority to give what he claims he can give. This is a lie. Jesus is the rightful ruler of earth, and Adam was his subordinate governor that surrendered his governorship to Satan when he sinned, but Jesus still remained the rightful ruler of earth. Satan was a usurper, and his claim was false. In his disguise, though, as the rightful ruler, verse, Satan's second temptation is that of inducements, bribes, payoffs. Here's an easier way more wealth, more fame, more power, more glory, more control, more ability if only Jesus would acknowledge Satan as the rightful ruler. In society today, we see this temptation constantly. Yes, 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 People have exchanged their belief in God or their devotion to God for material possessions, for wealth, for power, for fame, for exalting themselves in any way possible just so that they can get ahead and be recognized or win. Winning at all costs for self. Hmm. So, first temptation, exchanging trust in God for trust in self via the claim of a friend inducing you, purporting to be from God. Second temptation, inducements with bribes and wealth of power or fame, a payoff of some kind. Do this and you will get ahead to take matters into your own hands again. Third temptation, Satan took Jesus top of the temple and quoted scripture out of context and tempted Jesus at the temple to jump off the tower and prove that he was the son of God for surely God would save him. Mm. This temptation was again, a deception by misquoting scripture and attempting to introduce doubt into Jesus' mind and get Jesus to act outside of God's will in a way that would injure Jesus, harm the mission, interfere with God's purpose, all while purporting to be in harmony or fulfilling scripture. How many throughout history have been deceived by those who misuse scripture to advance the purpose of God's enemy? How many religious leaders have acted the role of Satan's agent and led people on the crusades, the inquisitions, the suicide bombings, and many, many other less but just as destructive to the soul, serious actions of deceit, all purporting to be claiming that they're working for God? The third temptation was to distrust God, exalt self through the application of Scripture in some form of religiosity in devotion to God. Jesus defeated all of these temptations— For he knew God himself, he knew him personally, he knew his character, he knew his methods, he knew his motives, he knew his principles, and thus he knew the true meaning of Scripture, and he was able to call forth from Scripture the scriptural evidence that showed everything that was presented him was a lie, it was a fraud, and should be rejected. We too must know God for ourselves, and we thus must know Scripture and his design laws and his methods and his principles for ourselves, so that we can discern The right from the wrong, and that takes practice, as in Hebrews five fourteen. But Jesus' temptations did not end in the wilderness, Uh, with deceit, with inducement, with false religion. It didn't end there. And we, if we're like Jesus, we reject the deceit, we reject the inducements and the bribes, we reject the false religiosity. We will also face like Jesus, the next layer of temptation. If he can't just deceive you outright, if he can't bribe you to surrender righteousness for his kingdoms of this world, if he can't get you into false religiosity, then what does he hit Jesus with? He hits him with betrayal, and he hits him with physical torture and threat of death. And this is what many Christians have faced with, if you look through the history of the martyrs, where they have been beaten, persecuted, imprisoned, and ultimately many executed. And if you look a little closer, this is what the Bible says will happen in the end of time, that the roaring lion of the devil seeks who he may devour, going around threatening, and the beastly system comes, and, and it ultimately will physically, if he can't get us to believe the lies, if he can't induce us with bribes, if he can't get us into false religiosity, then he will seek to destroy us physically. And uh, this is ultimately the the temptations, and the only victory is in trusting
0: God with the outcomes and staying loyal to his methods and principles. Betrayal and physical pain. Dr. Jennings, you just described the crucifixion of Christ. He went through this himself, am I right? That's exactly what I was describing, the crucifixion of
1: Christ. He beat him, he tortured him, he mocked him, he had betrayal. In other words, it was injustice being perpetrated, and— the religious leaders of his day conspired for months to mislead the people about Jesus. They took their media pundits and went out into the community and misinformed them that he was doing actions uh, with the power of Beelzebub and the power of Satan. So they misrepresented him through their media agents. And then they canceled people or threatened to cancel people from the synagogue if they spoke in support of him. You can see this in John 9, 22. They bribed one of his followers to betray him. They hired people to perjure themselves at his trial. They They uh, broke their own laws in the way they tried him because they were not supposed to have any type of legal action happening between the evening and morning sacrifices. They misled the Roman governor. They hired a mob to riot and intimidate him and to silence any who would oppose him. They voted for a known criminal over the innocent Messiah. All this injustice piled upon injustice, piled upon injustice, and then they beat him. They mocked him. They put thorns on him. They crucified him. All of this was to inspire a sense of this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. And it was wrong. Every bit of it was wrong. Ultimately leading him to become angry, use power to act to protect himself and stop the evildoers. But Jesus rejected that. Mm -hmm. Love your enemies. Pray for those who mistreat you and abuse you.
0: You will be sons of your father who is in heaven. I just thought of something, Dr. The first temptations that Jesus experienced there in the desert happened before He began his official ministry before he did his first miracle, before he had a following, before he had anyone supporting him. He had to have in his heart at that time what he needed to live his life in accordance with Bible standards and God's rules. And that is uh, encouraging for us that we need to prepare now when we are not being tempted, we're not being betrayed, not yet. We need to be training ourselves and, and fixing our hearts on God now. Am I right in saying that? Well, you are right in saying that, but you also then
1: brought in another layer here for us to understand the magnificence of what Jesus was doing for us. Uh, we've exposed the devil's tactics. We yes. can see how he approaches us. Yeah. But Jesus told us to pray in the Lord's Prayer, lead us not into temptation. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Yet, if you read the Scripture, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he was led by the Spirit out in the desert to be tempted by the devil. <laughs> okay, there you go. But we pray to lead us not into temptation. Jesus was led by the Spirit to be tempted by the devil because Jesus as our Savior had to confront, be tempted in every way just like we are, yet overcome as our Savior, as our Messiah, as our champion, if you will, our human champion mm-hmm. who would overthrow Adam's failure and succeed in th- casting off the devil and the devil's power. In Hebrews 2.14, it says that, that he too shared in their humanity that so by his death he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is the devil. He came to overthrow the devil and cast off his power. And so we had to face him as, as our champion, mm-hmm. be tempted in every way just like we are, yet without sin, Hebrews 4.15, and ultimately achieve what Adam failed to achieve, and that is a perfect, sinless humanity. And lesson in Hebrews 5.9 and 10. Once he became perfect, he became the source of salvation for all obey him. See, he was always sinless. Yes. But Bible perfection is the perfection that comes through choosing to develop a mature, godly character. And Jesus, as the second Adam, achieved what none of us could have achieved. And so it's a beautiful thing to see why Jesus was led to temptation to overcome, where we pray, lead us not into temptation, because we don't have to overcome. Jesus overcame for us. But even though we pray, lead us not to temptation, we will still be assaulted by the devil with temptation but god promises there's no temptation has taken you but that which is common to man and god is faithful with every temptation will provide a way of escape that you might be able to bear it and so when we approach it in this way understand the devil's strategy see him coming prepare ourselves ahead of time we can rest sure in our trust relation with god that he will always provide a way of escape for us, that doesn't mean we necessarily escape the prison or even escape being a martyr. We escape falling to fear and selfishness and giving in to the devil.
0: Thank you for spending time with us today. To continue the journey, I urge you to visit comeandreason.com. Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills along with Dr. Tim Jennings inviting you to join us the next time we come and reason together.